Hello and welcome to Sim Radio here on the Sisters in Music Network. It's Monday Music Madness and you're tuned into Mixing It with Nikki Chris. This is Nikki and in case you don't know anything about me, I'm a singer-songwriter from Raleigh, North Carolina. My show celebrates women and men in the music and entertainment industry providing an avenue for them to showcase their talent. Our motto, Sisters in Music, Together We Are Stronger. My guest today is a Canadian singer-songwriter and prolific recording artist. Going by the stage name The Sun Harmonic, he released his fifth studio album, Coast to Coast, in 2021. A collection of folk songs recorded in five studios all across Canada. He has self-produced music from his home recording studio since 2009, drawing attention from SiriusXM, CBS Radio, Canadian Musician Magazine, and Canada's Walk of Fame. Two new studio albums are underway, one solo LP and a full length with his rock band. Please join me in welcoming the awesome Caleb Heichel. Welcome to Mixing It, Caleb. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good, Nikki. Thanks so much for having me uh, with Sisters in Music. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. It's going to be a pleasure to share everyone with you, and we are going to get right to it. How would you describe your music? Is there anything that is unique or perhaps least uncommon about it? You know what? I would say from my experience of uh, living a life full of uh, musician friends and songwriter pals here and there that I've met all across the country, every songwriter that I know is unique in their own way. And I would say that more about uh, my friends than myself, just because I'm I'm so in awe of uh, the the talent that I've met and that I've been able to play shows with and go on tour with and be in the studio with. But that's that's one of the most beautiful things about being independent songwriter, um, especially being independent, is that you can be unique as you want to be, um, without having anyone tell you what genre you should be recording or what's what um, artist name you should be releasing things under you kind of just have as much much artistic freedom as as you need or as you want in your life and so if anything i would just say that i'm as unique uh, as everyone else in my in my pool that i really love the the openness and willingness uh that you find in the studio to create exactly what it is that you want and to release it to people in a fashion that you're happy with. I love that. And I love the fact that you touched on being an independent artist and how there really are no boundaries, because I actually think that that is one of the hugest benefits of Mm -hmm. remaining independent. I often question people when I talk to them and they're like, Oh yeah, I want to get signed by a label. I want to do this. And I want to, and I'm like, well, why? <laughs> what do you feel that it's 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 going to you besides money, okay, right? You know, it's gonna mm-hmm. maybe they'll throw some money behind you with that, but creative wise mm-hmm. you're stifling yourself, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I've and, found myself over the years being able to take 
right and left turns, very, very sharp turns um, to go off and do different projects that don't necessarily make sense uh, um, in as far as following a, a direct path that steers directly towards, say, being a, a popular artist in the sense of, of pop music, the definition of pop music, that you kind of continue to make the same song over and over and over again strategically. And I, I've found that it's, it's just so freeing to be able to to decide to, um, instead of making a folk or a rock record, you go, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try and make a, a classical recording. Uh, I'm going to try and make a, uh, soul kind of retro throwback R and B album. <laughs> it is just one of the, one of the best parts of, uh, being able to kind of be your own boss. It's entrepreneurial in a way, right? Um, as, as every independent artist is an entrepreneur. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you're exactly correct. I mean, I'm doing the same thing, you know, as an mm-hmm. independent artist myself. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. I generally do release in the rock and pop space, but I'm also dabbling in, in different other genres as well, just because I can. And yep. I love it. Yep. Absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your new album, Coast to Coast. Tell us how that came about. It started as a, a very small idea, uh, but quite an ambitious um, effort uh, right from the get-go. Um, I had been planning a tour to go out west, uh, out to Vancouver Island, which um, would take me all the way to the furthest west uh, Pacific coast of our country that um, I had never been before, for one, um, and that I knew that while I was out there, I should take advantage of the opportunity to to capture something um, rather than just playing shows, which I was playing some solo folk shows in Whistler and Vancouver uh, and on uh, Vancouver Island in Victoria. Uh, and so I drove up um, to Comox Valley to Dove Studios and had prepared three songs to record. Um, One of them actually was written the night before uh, I recorded it. Um, It was a a bit of an idea that I had kind of going out west uh, to write a song about a particular friend's uh, baby daughter. And uh, when I was out there, I luckily inspiration uh, struck and I was able to actually write uh, the song in full on guitar and uh, vocals and lyrics and put that together just in time to record it at the studio. And then the other two songs were some some older kind of uh, personal favorites of mine that I brought out. And uh, so I, I started recording the record there, uh, the first three songs of the record, and, and just had the idea of kind of recording it chronologically. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm out west and I'll begin the album with these three songs. And then as I move across the country and go back home to Toronto and then continue to, to travel um, whenever that may be to go out all the way to the East Coast and be able to put my foot in the Atlantic Ocean and then um, and, and see it all through. And so that was in 2015. And I had planned to go out east uh, at the end of that year. And (laughs) as a complete surprise, and unknowingly to me, when I got back from that trip, I ended up just 
uh, dealing with a lot of other stuff that had nothing to do with music, some health issues and uh, injury with my wrist and a number of things that uh, made me cancel all of my plans entirely. I never gave up on the idea of finishing the album. It was just became a huge question mark. I had no idea when I was going to be able to go uh, and travel to the Gold East, when I was going to be able to actually physically even be able to go back into the studio and when and how that was going to happen. It, it was up in the air uh, for a few years. And by the time things turned around in 2018, I was actually able to book a, not a tour this time uh, where I wouldn't be performing live um, except for singing on the train. But I took the train out to uh, all the way out to Halifax and back uh, with my partner, Jess. And we stopped into a number of studios to uh, finish an initial idea that I had of the album being that I would record a song in Toronto and then go out to Ottawa, Montreal and Halifax. And that's the way that the album is laid out uh, as of now is, is that it moves chronologically across the country. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to uh, go any further north um, this time around. It's something that I would love to do, but I wasn't able to reach any of the, the territories. But um, but it does go from Vancouver Island out to Halifax uh, and then back to a live recording here in Toronto. And so <laughs> it only took me six years uh, to see it through, but uh, it really it really was just based on that simple idea of uh, what could I do with songs, original songs and and. Uh, and different recording studios. Um, if I just showed up to a, but I studio, love that. Well, just having no idea what would happen almost uh, was was really the, um, the the fire that I set uh, underneath myself to to just be surprised and to see what happened. And there's a number of things with different songs and recordings that that happened that wouldn't have happened if I had chosen to record them all here at home. Yeah, and the last song you mentioned, you actually recorded it live on stage is it i think it's called is it macy hall is that what it's called massey hall massey hall mm-hmm. Massey. Mm-hmm. yes how was that because that must be like really unique it uh, was the best four minutes on stage i'll ever have <laughs> um oh. it, was, it was it was it was completely just on a whim and wasn't necessarily planned or meant to happen. Um, I am just so lucky that I brought a Zoom condenser um, portable microphone with me uh, and I set it on the stage and, and pressed record. And um, I, I, I really did nothing else to the recording uh, other than uh, just a simple EQ and, and mastering it, really. Um, there's nothing else. Uh, so all the reverb that you hear is, natural uh, it is the way that that room sounds and that's why it's slotted as the best music venue uh, in the city i think it's the best music venue in the world <laughs> uh, but it was it was wow. incredible. um and and that that's an example of uh again a, a song that i only wrote just a couple of weeks before uh, i performed it on stage at massey and it was a song that i wrote for the venue as it was closing uh, for renovations in 2018 and um so when i started the record that song would have never, ever uh, come to mind or even been a, an idea or a thought that I would ever be able to have the opportunity to write that song, sing it on that stage and record it and put it at the end of the album. Um, but it almost kind of became the bookend of the, of that period of time 
in my life, and I thought that uh, it was it only made sense um, to go from a song that was recorded in Halifax, and rather than ending the album in Halifax, uh, it's almost like I documented the, the process of coming home um, and singing uh, at a venue that means so much to me. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Really, 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 really awesome. And this is actually a really good spot for us to share one of the songs that you brought with you for our listeners to check out. And I do believe this happens to be one of the favorites off of the Coast to Coast album. Could you tell us a little bit about the song Ocean? Sure. Uh, um, I alluded to it before when I was so when I was out in Vancouver Island. I. Uh, was staying at my friend Elian Bell's uh, place in uh, it was uh, in Cumberland, um, right outside of Victoria, and I was there for a couple of days. And um, her daughter had uh, I think I don't even know if she had turned one yet. Um, she was she was around there, and her name is Lila. Uh, her middle name is Ocean, and uh, it was the first time that I had uh, that I had seen her and uh, Elaine was an old dear friend of mine who moved out west and so it only made sense that when I was out on Vancouver Island that I would not only play a show in Victoria but that I would see Elaine and and stay with her for a few days and uh, get prepared to go out to the studio and so I I had this idea of the chorus being Lila Ocean, you are my potion. Just like a, a simple use of um, using her her first and middle name, um, and, and a rhyming scheme that um, I it had that bouncing around in my head a little bit while I was out there, and while I was um, making my way out to Vancouver Island, I thought, oh, that it would be really cute and, and cool if I could write the song. I don't know if I'll be able to. And so the day before the studio, I remember going for a walk with Elian, um, and Lila was uh, being pushed in a crib, um, uh, or sorry, and, and we uh, we brought her home to the crib. Um, and I, Elian said, can you um, go and, and put her to bed and lie her down, and I'm, I just am going to go run out and grab something. So I had uh, a few minutes where I was able to uh, to put her to bed and sit quietly with her and make sure that she fell asleep. and. So I grabbed my uh, lyric book and wrote the verses and the chorus and, and wrote the full song out uh, with a melody in my head. I didn't want to wake her up, so I didn't have the guitar. And I, I just wrote the, the melody and the words of the first verse, chorus, second verse, chorus. And uh, once she was asleep, I went over into the living room and kind of just figured out the guitar part that was already uh, anticipated uh, by the melody and practiced it enough and made a demo of it the next morning and practiced it enough that I thought, okay, I can attempt to record this in the studio. Even though the song's barely 24 hours old, I will try and record this song uh, as best I can in the studio that I'm going to in about an hour. <laughs> the only demo I have of that song is is me playing it on the couch and Cumberland and I say, hey, I'm, I, I gotta go. I'm packing up to go to the studio right now. Let's see how this goes. Um, and I performed it better than I probably should have. <laughs> I, I was really happy with the guitar part and uh, I sang the song um, 
right there in the studio as well. Um, and so uh, it's almost like I had no time to edit or revise anything about the song. I, it just, it happened. Um, it was a beautiful moment. I, re- I really remember everything about it, writing it, um, the, the feeling of it and the, the way everything felt and looked. And, and so I, I recorded it in the studio that day and, and thought, okay, we'll, we'll see how this goes. And, and really I didn't add much more to it other than some light strings. I was trying to go for kind of a Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> production where I, I, I really just kind of kept it to harmonies and, um, acoustic guitar um and from there uh was surprised to find out that a lot of people say that this is their favorite song on the album um it really surprised me because i at at some point i thought oh that's the song you know because i didn't get to do as much with it as i would have usually wanted to do i thought oh is the song boring or is it is it too slow or <laughs> whatever it is and and most people uh came back to me and said i i love it um, which is just I, I, those kind of surprises when you don't anticipate a song to be um, someone's favorite. Um, it's it's the best thing you could ask for. I completely agree. And as a songwriter myself, I've always found that the songs that appear just almost out of nowhere in unique moments and opportunities are usually the ones that your audience gravitates towards to where mm-hmm. you you may feel, you know, this, okay, this one's written in 10 minutes. I, it sounds great. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it on the album. We'll see what happens. And then those are the ones that people gravitate towards because they are so natural. So I know everyone is going to love this. I actually think it is a, one of the most beautiful bo- songs that I have heard and oh, we're going to so play it for everyone. You're mm-hmm. welcome so much. And we're going to throw it on. So this is ocean by the sun harmonic. Nestled away, headed into the bed. 
day Where I drove through the hills Searching for this small town Love can be found And as I look around All the sights and the sounds They call out her name Isle Ocean You are my potion For making me feel much better for now Isla, you look at me with those blue eyes And I'm safe and silent You are my ocean me feel much Again, Caleb, absolutely beautiful song, and I love the Simon and Garfunkel vibe, like you said, that you were going for. That's a great, great comparison because it does give that feeling of Simon and Garfunkel, and, and they are absolutely one of my favorites that I grew up listening to and, and, and hearing their music and the epitome of, of what I would call, like, you know, classical, like, folk music if you mm-hmm. feel, right, Simon mm-hmm. Garfunkel vibe. So I love that, and it's a great comparison. Thank you. I, I also I also think it's the closest that I'll ever get to uh, writing a James Taylor-esque guitar part. <laughs> ah, um. <laughs> yes, that's another good, good comparison. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where the, the guitar very part good, almost very. kind of sings on its own, uh, it kind of has a vocal quality to it, just because it, I mean, the melody is in there anyways, but... Um, yeah, I, I'm yes. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at how that that song came about. So you mentioned Simon and Garfunkel that you were trying to kind of get that vibe with this song, and now you've also mentioned James Taylor. Who are some of your main musical influences? I could probably venture to guess that maybe the two of them might be, but do you have any others that you draw inspiration from? Absolutely. Um, I I wouldn't say that I necessarily have much of a like a top three or a top five. Uh, it's it's always changing. Um, I mean, there are, there are bands that I was a fan of in high school in my really hard rock kind of uh, screamo days when I was in a, a band like that myself, and um, certain bands of that era that are still making music, and and so I if I had to say what's your favorite band in the world, anyone who knows me knows that I absolutely love the band Thrice and Dustin Kensrue is just kind of like the guy that I want to be um, as I get older in my life. And uh, But other than that, I, I mean, I'm sitting here in, in my, uh, what used to be a, my old bedroom um, at the, the townhouse, my, my place with kind of a, it's got a basement recording studio and then the rest of the house is full of instruments and everything. But upstairs um, in this room is my, 
collection of CDs. Um, all of my vinyl is downstairs, but um, my my CD collection is I'm looking at it. I don't know, two hundred CDs or more, and it it ranges everywhere from having a, a whole shelf of classical CDs, which was my first love when I was just a child under the age of ten. I was playing classical music, and I absolutely love the romantic era of um, the, the Debussy and the Chopin and the Ravel and Beethoven is is my just go-to uh, for, for inspiration. Just um, he's, I have a t-shirt with, with his face on it. Uh, but I moved from there to oh. loving, uh, I, I, I moved from there to loving 30s and 40s jazz. I I can sing every single word of a Billie Holiday CD, or sorry, it was even a cassette tape that I had in an old Volkswagen Golf that had a cassette player. And there's a definitive uh, collection um, that I had on cassette tape that I I listened to a thousand times and I could sing every word of it. And so vocally, I've found myself singing along to and and learning, um, taking vocal lessons almost from um, from that kind of era of 30s. 30s, 40s jazz, and, and the the 60s, 70s folk era of um, you know trying to sing along and emulate the falsetto uh, kind of work of like of, of solo uh, Paul Simon um, and the guitar work uh, of that era. I mean, I love, I you know, I'm a kid of the 90s. I love Radiohead and Nirvana just as much. As everybody else who started playing guitar and learning <laughs> learning Green Day songs, and um, so all of that kind of uh, grunge and pop punk and hard rock, all of that is is infused in me and, and my songwriting. It's no, it's it's not a short answer. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, it, but it no, really is just so varied. But that's great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's 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 really really great because it does show you know all the different musical influences and it's funny because I can relate to a lot of the musical influences that that you listen to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I also listen to to a lot of like the the current music, but I, I find that I'm more inspired by you know the older artists than I am. Few exceptions because I do have some some very you know more recent artists that I mm-hmm. listen to more mm-hmm. than anything. Um, well, the, but the, it, the it's great. Music, it's great. Yeah, I mean the you know classic rock and the, the folk airs and everything. I mean those songs at this point are they're almost like American standards in a way. Um, they're like kind of like comparable to lullabies or something like that some of these songs where uh, like everyone everyone knows those songs um mm-hmm. they've 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 heard them in movies and commercials and, and at parties and in bars and everything like you've you you know them like the back of your hand you can sing along and maybe not even know who the artist is but you can sing every word <laughs> and and um, yeah. and and so that just has such a deep uh, rooted impact in in us in our culture. Yes, it certainly does. One of the questions that I do ask all of my songwriters is do you have any songwriting tips or tricks that you would care to share with our listeners? 
That's a good question. I first thing I would say is that you should definitely try not to write songs in the same way or in the same fashion uh, every time. Uh, meaning, try and write the lyrics first. Try and write the melody in your head. Like, sing it first and, and write the lyrics first and then write a guitar part um, to that melody or vice versa. Uh, make sure that you also try and only write a guitar part without even thinking of the vocals first. I've, I've found myself trying to do that. And I, I write on guitar and piano. And so uh, I found myself kind of going about it that way with both instruments. But uh, actually the very first thing that, that came to mind when you asked that, that I've never forgotten is... Um, Kind of how to get out of, uh, uh, if you're kind of stuck in a pickle uh, with lyrics for the second verse, like any songwriter uh, who's listening to this would probably right away go, oh, you know, <laughs> the second verse is, is, is cursed because uh, the first verse always comes to mind. You can write the whole thing uh, straight from the heart and then you get to the chorus and everything is amazing. And then you try and get to the second verse and and stumble a lot of the time uh, with exactly what to say um it almost feels i mean it literally is secondary to the first verse and so it can be the most challenging part um i find myself sometimes to to do that sometimes it just flows and there's no worry but um if you're stuck uh an example of something that i tried once that worked very well was uh for a song of mine called as i go away that i wrote on piano for uh, my winter album uh, this song I I had, so say there were four lines in the second verse. Uh, I tried to write the first two lines, and I did, and then I could not write the third and the fourth. It just didn't it didn't work. It did not flow. Uh, I could not find a way to flow out of those two lines into the third and the fourth. And so after beating myself up over it for a while, I just thought, why don't I move those two lines? Like maybe those two lines are the are the end. Maybe that's where I should find myself at the end of the verse. So I just moved those two lines to the third and the fourth line. And I was able to write before that and kind of prelude those two lines. Um, I think I was able to do that within, you know, half an hour or something like that. Like it, it came to me very easily after that. Um, and so that's, I don't know, maybe my, my best little <laughs> tip and trick that I could share off the top of my head. But there would be so many That's others if, great... I, if I really thought through it. No, but that actually is a great one, and I totally agree. I, you know, second verse is usually the hardest for me, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just indicative of, of, of songwriting. Mm-hmm. I think you, you usually start spewing, and then it's just, at least for me anyway, because I'm a binge writer, but... Uh, mm-hmm. I usually get to the point where I'm like, okay, darn it, now I've got to come up with a second verse <laughs> that mm-hmm. matches with the first verse. I'm actually doing that right now with the song that I'm working on, and I'm, I like have written the second verse, I think, 20 different ways this Sunday. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> great, great, great tip. So switching gears a little bit before we take a partner in podcasting break, Tell us about some of your side projects because you're like a hard rock lead vocalist. I think this year you're also celebrating your 10 year anniversary 
of your Retro Soul and Blues album by the Broadview Band called Love Has Gone Away. You love classical piano. I know you've even recorded some uh, classical pieces. What's going Mm -hmm. on with some of your side projects? Uh, Well, most of... Most of the ones that you had mentioned are some of my favorite uh, artistic ventures that I've taken. Um, I, I've steered myself towards really just focusing on the sun harmonic and the, the material and the output in the last few years. But um, the the soul and blues album um, really was just it was such a random idea, and somehow I followed it through to the to the end of making it a full-length album under a completely different name. And a lot of people that I've met have said that that's probably one of their favorite things I've ever done. And I I take no offense to that at all. I I think it was because I just had fun with it. um, And it was so unexpected um, for that to come along um, and that I fulfilled it uh, through all the, all the way to just leaving it uh, as it is, um, giving it a different name and a different vibe and, and calling it for what it is, a, really just a, a, a throwback retro Motown-esque uh, type of record. Uh, I was trying to channel my, my inner Otis Redding and <laughs> my like upbeat temptations influences you know that's a whole crate uh in my record collection is is just that that soul and blues and i i was really proud to do that and and so you know moving on from that side project i had always for for so many years because i came out of this hard rock background for so many years i always really wanted to really scream into a mic and and kind of do my 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 old screamo rock and roll kind of grunge uh, phase, I, I wanted to participate in something like that. And so then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, a project comes along where I'm able to do that and, and be the lead vocalist and front man of a rock and roll band. And so that's called the King Snake Crawl. And, and that was so fun and so exhilarating to be able to perform those vocals and produce and, and mix the record too. And so I kind of find myself now almost trying to having channeled and siphoned all of those genres and influences off into actual side projects with different names. I really find myself now almost trying to incorporate those genres and those inspirations into what I'm doing on kind of a song by song basis with the sun harmonic. I'm, I, I would say that there are some songs on new records of mine uh, that I'm working on that slow down and have that soul kind of vibe and influence and that I'll channel the the production um, and steer the production of the songs in that direction, as well as the hard rock. I, I feel like I'll never really be able to shed that part of me um, because my first band almost almost 20 years ago now uh, was called Far From Freedom. And in 2004, 2005, we re- we were releasing really, really loud, screaming rock and roll records. And I found myself, you know, I'm not a teenager anymore. And now in my 30s, I found myself really, really finding a need to be able to still express myself that way and to be able to turn a song that I've written 
say, for example, one that I will, will be releasing somewhat soon uh, called Glory Days. I, I wrote it as a folk song on acoustic guitar and somehow me and my bandmates turned it into probably the most like rock and roll four to the floor recording uh, that I've made in a really long time. And I'm really, really excited to share it with people. And we're, we're, you know, working on our own album uh, with Dave and Ian, my bandmates, we're working on our own record and we'll either release that uh, under the sun harmonic or maybe even under a new band name. It's, that's kind of to be continued. We're not sure, but we're working on our own record here that just has such an varied influences. One song is kind of an upbeat, like almost a kind of old, like Elvis Presley kind of rock and roll bluegrass kind of song. There's some others that are, there's another that's kind of closer to like (laughs) almost like a black Sabbath kind of like slow sludgy metal song. Uh, And there's a, there's two ballads at the end of the record, one called slow dance and, um, and another kind of acoustic jam that ends the record. And then the rest of the album is just rock and roll. And when I compare that uh, side by side to the solo album that I'm working on, that's completely uh, different in its um, message and uh, direction. They're all folk songs, very, very, very quiet folk songs that have, as I'm working on them, have kind of made me tear up and get goosebumps and go off in the other direction. They're not really meant to make you dance they're meant to make you sit down and and listen and you know make a tea or pour a whiskey and um and listen in um and so i guess that 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 really is uh just kind of where i'm at right now at least is like trying to see how many genres i can put on one album without it not making any sense uh to people <laughs> um, it's it's and, and, it's a, and it's a lot of fun well it sounds like a lot of fun and i'm actually really excited to go and check i did not have a chance to do it before we met today but i'm excited to go and check out your blues album because i'm actually going to be working on a contemporary blues album next oh, year great. so i'm mm-hmm. i'm really excited which is something outside of my normal genre mm-hmm. you know that i tend to to focus in and it's mainly because i was i worked on a project where i did contemporary blues and i was like you know what i can really have some fun with this i think i could really take this to a new level mm-hmm. so it's great i love hearing other independent artists and other songwriters just saying you know what i want to explore different aspects of musical creation and want to work with mm-hmm. with different people to express myself and i think it's it's fantastic so mm-hmm. awesome so this is a great place for us to take a quick short break from a word from one of our partners in podcasting this is the awesome chatting with that we'll be right back on mixing it with nikki chris here on the sim radio chatting with nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. And we're back on Mixing It with Nikki Griss on the Sim Radio Network. And my guest, Caleb Heichel, otherwise known as The Sun Harmonic. Hello. 
Caleb, you alluded to working on new music, a new folk album. Before we get to the second song that you brought with you to share with everyone, I know that the album is being recorded in like a beautiful old church that's been converted into a recording studio. How is that going? Mm -hmm. How's the album coming along? When can we expect that? That record uh, is going to be a very special one, and I, I have, <laughs> I've kind of put it aside to be honest, just to be able to finish a few of the band uh, songs from our uh, other album. Um, <laughs> so I've been I've been spending a lot more time doing the rock and roll uh, kind of side of things with uh, with the band's material, and we've got a song that I've now kind of handed off um, and. I will be trying to kind of steer my uh my studio time uh later in the summer and into the fall especially towards this folk album out of uh which was recorded out of Catherine North Studios is the name of the the church converted church uh studio it's in Hamilton and I had actually visited that studio when I was 19 years old and I was actually recording my very first album as the Sun Harmonic. And I did a session there and had not gone back to visit that studio for uh, 13 years. And so at the end of last year, in the fall, I booked uh, a session um, knowing that it was going to be a very, very very kind of emotional and surreal experience to go back to that studio um, as so much older and um, <laughs> perhaps maybe a little bit wiser um, and just with different songs and all of this experience that I that I had. And I was in that studio for two days. Uh, the very first day I showed up and I don't believe that I left the room for like 11 hours. Like I didn't even go outside. I didn't see the sun except it coming through the windows, which in that studio is because it's an old church. There are these very, very tall uh, stained glass windows. So during the day, the sun's coming through there and it's just so beautiful and like so, so cool. Um, and so I, I honestly, I just got into the room and started recording. I didn't even leave the room until like 1030 at night. And then I stayed over in town, uh, got a hotel and was able to uh, use that room to change the strings on my guitar <laughs> and woke up the next day and just headed right back to the studio and sat behind the drum kit and, and continued to record. So um, I laid the foundation of the album over those two days. I got, uh, I believe, 11 songs on acoustic guitar and then was actually able to lay down a whole bunch of uh, drum tracks where I was playing like a 1950s drum kit. It was the coolest thing and um and some piano and some electric guitar and i was able to really put down some overdubs that i wasn't expecting to have the time to do and so when to expect it um is a good question i would say that i'm probably going to release one or two singles from that album before the end of this year and release the full length record uh by maybe the spring or summer of next year um i want to make sure that the singles that i have in mind are released uh, quite soon. And so I, I think I'm going back to that studio in September to record lead vocals for uh, a few of those songs to be able to move them forward faster than the rest of the album. My plan was always to start the album there and then uh, 
to finish the album there. So to go back with fully in- instrumentation of all of these songs that I had been recorded back in my home studio in Toronto uh, and to bring that back into the church studio and to sit behind a microphone and belt these songs out or sing them very quiet and, and softly and to be able to actually perform the songs in the room where they started uh, really was my intention and uh, I, I can't wait to, to see it through. Um, it's just such a special place to, to be and these songs mean a lot to me. They all tell stories. Uh, every single song is either about uh, telling a story about myself or a memory uh, or telling stories about other people. And uh, and so it's 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 going to be a very personal album um, that hopefully brings a tear to other people's eyes, other than just myself. Well, we can't wait for that, and you'll have to keep us in the loop when that comes out, so we can get you back on, and and maybe we'll do a track by track overview of that. <laughs> so very exciting! Absolutely, thank you. Looking forward to that. So great spot for us to share the second song that you brought with you. I know that this one has a special meaning. I want to make sure that we do get it on before we run out of time, but I would like you to just give us like a quick elevator pitch as to what this song is about because it does have special mm-hmm. meaning to you. So tell us about Spend This Life With Me. So this song was written uh, for Jess. Uh, and uh, the the best thing that's ever happened um, with the song was uh, the opportunity to actually be able to sing it um, for each other, uh, kind of as a duet uh, in the studio in Halifax. So we got all the way up to Halifax off the train, living in like a room that was far too small. Like you, I mean, you could barely even move around uh, in these cabins that that take you all the way out to Halifax from uh, from Ontario. Uh, and we got all the way out there uh, and found ourselves in this old 1800s attic. The song is sung from my perspective or my point of view, but I wanted uh, just to sing it with me as. Uh, as as a way to um, really just, like, we're not harmonizing. We're kind of singing the exact same melody all the way through, right? Um, just as a, as a true duet. Um, and we set up microphones in this studio to sing it to each other. And there's all of these moments where we allude to Massey Hall, where we met, and all of these different little moments here and there throughout the early part of our relationship. And... Uh, and and I really love listening to it again um, and just putting myself right back in that place. Um, and I, I hope that uh, everyone else enjoys this song too. Excellent. Well, we are going to play this rewind. This is Spend This Life With Me by The Sun Harmonic. Nature walk is another man's grave beside the park. 
is the home where they stay. It's where they found love in the air each day. I met you walking down the aisle. I fell to my knees and I said I'd do. First time in a while, and then I could feel the earth tilt to my side. These flowers were fake, but the words were real. They made you cry. Wherever you go. That's where I'll be. If you will spend this life with me, where will we go? She held my hand as it began to rain. As day turned to night, I started to feel my love. Beautiful girl defines my most beautiful days, and I'll pour you some wine. Passing the time, here's what I will say: Wherever you go, that's where I'll stay.
and your relationship. I loved listening to it as well, and I can certainly understand why you also love listening to it. And it's great that you can write a song and then have the person that you're writing that song for perform with you. So it's an absolutely beautiful creation. Thank you. There's even, if you listen closely, there's even um, a kind of field recording that we did uh, standing at the very edge of Cape Breton, kind of standing at almost the edge of a cliff, singing the song um, a cappella, and you can hear the the birds and the waves of the Atlantic Ocean in the background. Uh, And luckily, I was able to capture that um, just by recording it on my phone, I think, or on this portable mic that I was carrying around and and put that into the recording as well. So that it kind of captures like the furthest, the furthest that the album reached, um, reaches all the way out to the, uh, the East Coast. Oh, awesome. I'm going to go back and listen to that again because <laughs> I didn't catch that originally. Mm-hmm. So I think I think awesome. it's at the very, so it's at the very, uh, it's at the very beginning and then it comes back um, uh, in the, right. in, good in, little in the instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. Good little sneak, little like, uh, you know, what do they call them? An um, Easter nugget. egg. <laughs> little nugget. Yeah. Easter egg. Yes, that's the term. That's it. There's a little yeah. Easter egg in there for you guys. So go make sure mm-hmm. you listen. If you didn't catch it, go back. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else before we sign off? Anything that you would like to share with our listeners, perhaps? Where can they find you on social media so that they can keep up to date on all of these awesome projects that you're going to be releasing? Everything uh, all across socials. Uh, luckily, I was able to just get simply uh, the tag of at the Sun Harmonic, uh, and that's the 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 best and the the one and only place to find exactly what I'm up to uh, at this moment. <laughs> I have a a Bandcamp page that has lots and lots of music. Uh, some of it now is kind of uh, backstage in a more of a subscription uh, portal, which starts at a very small reasonable price to access something like 20 or so uh exclusive kind of private like live albums and demos and stuff like that so that's a really good way if you want to dive even further beyond kind of what's public but um there's lots to enjoy um on all the streaming services and everything too uh and if you love vinyl i've got a few of my latest records that are pressed onto wax and so um that's kind of my most proud moment artistically is being a vinyl lover myself um, to be able to, to have that and to offer that to people really just is, is the ultimate for me. And, and other than that, I mean, we've, we've talked about some of the new projects that are coming and I, I really hope that I'm able to start to share uh, singles and uh, little snippets of what's going on with those records uh, very soon. And that people are, are uh, able to to catch that when they come out in the next couple of months, I would say. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait mm-hmm. for all of the new music, and I'm sure that after listening to the two songs I shared today that everyone is going to be excited to hear some of the other projects as well. Mm-hmm. So, Caleb, I would love to thank you right now for being on the show with me today, taking the time to chat with me and sharing well, your you. music and your inspirations. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you everyone for tuning in, for mixing it. You are quite welcome. And 
on behalf of everyone here at Sim Radio, this is Nikki Chris. Until next time, keep on mixing it.